You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums, and it's here before you die. this episode we'll be talking about john martin one world on the line i have rob can i get some more geese in these cans please uh ben <laughs> hey john oh and kyle hi there one world is seventh studio album by british guitarist and singer john martin released in november 1977 on island records the producer was chris blackwell and the genre is experimental pop dub folk rock blues Jazz, ambient, it's got a whole list here. And I'm going to read from the book, Daryl Easley. As the 70s progressed, John Martin was becoming increasingly tired. The deaths of his friends, Nick Drake and Paul Kossoff, had deeply troubled him. His hell-raising, drinking, and drugs lifestyle diametrically opposed to the sweet-voiced cosmic troubadour he portrayed on record. Coupled with his general mistrust of the music industry, had pushed him to the limit. At the invitation of Island co-founder Chris Blackwell, Martin spent some time in Jamaica where he met legendary producer Lee Perry and jammed on several several reggae tracks. Revitalized after what became a three-year layoff, Martin recorded throughout the summer of 1977. One World was made throughout the night at Blackwell's Berkshire retreat surrounded by friends and family with engineer Phil Brown setting up microphones outdoors and taping Martin across a lake, capturing the ambience of the surroundings. Using experienced players such as Steve Winwood and Rico Rodriguez, Martin sculpted an incredible ethereal sound, especially on small hours, an eight-minute rumination on life and love. All right, what do we think of John Martin, One World, the return of John Martin? Music. I hate his fucking vocals. <laughs> like, and I can't disassociate the two. I, I don't know what it is about his. Ah, it's, it's it's in my ears, and I hate it. I hate it. I was a I little startled when his when I heard his vocals. The sort of yeah, uh, he's doing like a Billy Gibbons thing almost. Tom Waits, uh, <laughs> Billy Gibbons, the rough, the rough force of uh, John Martin's vocals. I don't remember that from Solid Air. Was he using like a different voice on Solid Air? It was slightly different. He had he did have two different singing styles on Solid Air. One was a very uh, a very sweet, soothing sound because he was mimicking his good friend um, Nick Drake. He had a mm. very Nick Drake style of singing, but he did also have remember the um, the cover of the Devil. 
Uh, Went down to Georgia? Georgia? No. Nice one, guys. Uh, Lucy. But he did have a cover of old blues cover, and he did have an affectation of a bit more of a gruff sound like this. This is pushing it. This is going. This is the Tom Waits like he's just got a raspy voice to a complete growl now, though. Yeah, he's he's doing like a Muppet voice almost. (laughs) He was going through a hard time, Ben. (laughs) Well, kind of. But he also just spent like a year in Jamaica and now he's hanging out on a lake. He was disillusioned, my friend. <laughs> Get illusioned. <laughs> you're in Jamaica and, a, and you're on a farm in England on a lake. Like what more? Oh, it's horrible out here. I'm next to all these sheep drinking tea out of animal cups. <laughs> I do think part of the reason that uh, I have such a hard time, as you're saying, Rob, I have I have a similar idea is the back and forth of the vocals because one song will sound like that and then the next song you'll have this real melodic singing so it sounds like two different singers right right now we've got we're listening to one world and i hear more of that nick drake style yeah and and i like his his cough syrup languidness on like one world me too uh it it, it, it fits his voice okay on this. I agree with Rob. The The music for the most part is beautiful and amazing. And his voice is usually the worst part of the song, but sometimes it matches like one world is, is good. Once you get past the like slight scat intro there, yeah, there was a handful of songs that I liked on this album. He's definitely into some new territory here. What is this like jazz dub yeah. th- th- this album? Well, I guess, you know, that being Chris Blackwell, the effect was reached. But like, I, I was just thinking like, man, how uh, how serendipitous to spend that time in Jamaica and pick up those influences and have that kind of be rejuvenating to you and also kind of like a, a jumpstart for a bit of a stalled out music career. But yeah. maybe it wasn't serendipitous. Maybe Chris Blackwell was like, this is exactly what's going to happen. I just need to in- introduce him to Lee Scratch Perry. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're get- they're going to become best friends and uh, hang out at breakfast to make jokes about big muffs. And then we're just going to have a jazz dub record. I'm Chris Blackwell and I see the future. Yeah, I think he did see a bit of, I mean, he pushed it hard. He was good friends with them. And I think Chris Blackwell said, you know, you're still... I still see like the musician in you. It's just the industry. You don't want to deal with the industry, the sort of, uh, the, you don't want to be a cog in this sort of, uh, musical industry. You just want, you just want to be an artist in your own way. Uh, so yeah, I think he, he did sort of spur on that. That makes, yeah. It seems like Island would have been a pretty cool label to be on in the seventies. It seems like they're, they were doing some cool stuff like that and they were willing to give their artists room to breathe. And they seems like they've had just some trust and faith in their, in their talent to not just push them to, to crank out something on a schedule. You know, does anybody want to talk about the echo plex guitar? Sure. Let's talk about it. Do you, Kyle, do you want to talk me? about the echo plex guitar? <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you want to talk about it, Kyle. <laughs> I like to hear about it. Yeah, no, I mean the Echoplex. We we had talked about it a little bit before, right? I th- was it? Um, it was one of the R and B groups. I think is the last time we talked about it. Um, I forget which one though. 
Was it like Psychedelic Temptations or something? No, it was later than that. But it is essentially the the two t- the tapes playing. Um, uh, Miles Davis used it um, on Bitches Brew and some other tracks. But I, yeah, Brian May was he I think he, he John, it. John Martin had been he'd been playing around with it a bit and kind of had his his own little use for for that for that tool. And then he you know he goes to Jamaica and he's hanging out with Lee Perry and that Echoplex effect is such a big part of the dub sound. I think they they connected on that level like, oh, we we both have this toy. But like we use it differently. Like this is how I use it. Oh well, this will how I use it. And I think it kind of just opened John Martin's eyes to the 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 expanse of possibilities of this tool that he was already kind of playing around with. What it could do in one corner of its spectrum, you know. I do find it interesting. I'm just gonna put it out there. Why are we why are we talking about John Martin and not a dub artist? I think the reason that we're talking about John Martin and not a double artist. Yeah, exactly. I think it is specifically because you are taking these sounds, you are bringing them to England, you are presenting them to a white audience through pop sensibilities or jazz sensibilities. So it becomes a different sound. I think, and I agree with you, Birch, we should have just had a good dub record uh, like uh, the dub version of, of uh, Burning Spears, Marcus Garvey. Uh, that would have been a great dub album to have. But we're having this because if you want to say, okay, how do we take this blended culture and what it does to music going forward? That's why we have this. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that. I would rather have a dub album. <laughs> yeah. It I, seems I, like a lot of these innovations are, are by accident by like um, people hanging out with Scratch Perry. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, the who, like people credit them with inventing electronic music and just because there's like a little interlude on one of their songs, you know, um, this was discovered by experimentation and accident. Yeah, I think uh, I was kind of hinting at what John had described there is the same thing with Greetings from L.A., the Tim Buckley album. It's like a black exploitation sounding album by Tim Buckley. Buckley like why are we not just talking about you know somebody else that inspired Tim Buckley it's it, it's sort of saying I, I don't quite get it I guess so it, do you think saying, that we're covering I'm assuming that moving forward in this pro, in this uh, project uh, we're gonna be getting into like British trip hop and stuff and and, you know, I, I had read that you can kind of trace that fusion of sounds back to this album. So is that like, is this one like the like the the missing link between like uh, some of those dub effects and the sounds and and like uh, British pop music? OK, that's a good I, that's I, a good point. I hadn't thought of. Yeah, I think a good example of that is the song that we just had in our can Smiling Stranger, where you're taking you know, you're ladle and you're dipping it into late seventies London and, and environs around there. And what do you pull out? You pull out Jamaican, you pull out English, you pull out Indian, you know, and so you're going to get dub with tablas over jazz and it is its own thing. It is a different flavor.
trying to make a little bit is when is it uh, when is it innovative enough from an original source to be included in something like a list like this like to have its own voice enough to say that you know you you pulled from a, a separate you know Bowie pulled like, from like Blue, Blue Eyed Soul yeah exactly you, Bowie was doing Blue Eyed Soul the Young Americans is a great album. Uh, I think he 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 nailed it. But when is it? When should we just be going back and being like, well, you know, this is the blues. Like, why are we covering the Rolling Stones first album? Because I could just sure. go back yeah. to John Lee Hooker album. And that's, you know, that's the thing that they are doing. I understand it's the Stones or something. So when it when it should we think about the source and when should we think about this? Obviously, I, I do think this is different enough of, I mean, this is not a dub album at all, but at the same time, it, it did make me question, well, wait a second, where is Scientist? Where is uh, Lee Perry, Upsetters? You know, like, where is all these other uh, artists? Are they going to be here? Are we missing something, et cetera? Yeah, it made me think of like, okay, maybe this record, so, the, the techniques they were using you know, to record it. I mean, they recorded this out. Uh, a lot of this was recorded outdoors, you know, like by a lake with faraway microphones. Uh, maybe they accidentally discovered trip hop, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I think about like metal machine music by Lou Reed, you know, like that record, like, did he really just want to get out of his record contract and just record feedback? And then that accidentally led to, you know, noise. Like, is this like an accidental planning a flag pioneering thing or is there something that we should you know look look one generation before to i don't know i i i wouldn't this all seems very intentional i'm sorry this all seems very intentional to me um I, I i wouldn't i mean there's there's some experimentation going on for sure but i wouldn't say any of this is accidental the, the accidental would imply there would be like there'd be more chaos going on that everything that's happening on here is quite intentional. Um, as to why I would just rather be listening to tricky, tricky or Portishead. Um, if we're going <laughs> to, he, he uh, covered Portishead. Did you guys read that? Yeah. Which, which is pretty fucking John cool. Martin but, did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, it doesn't, I, I, I'm with you, Birch. I would rather have something, I would rather have a dub record in here or just skip this completely and fast forward to 1990, um, personally. Uh, but, I mean, the, but again, there, there, there are some cool things going on. I just don't, I just don't care. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of, uh, I think I'm, I'm a little there. It's, it's an influence. It, uh, the way I saw it is we had that John Martin album why also this one? Uh, I get the story. Yeah. It's a cool story. Oh, you guys have done this guy before, huh? Yes. Yeah, Solid we covered air. it with like late 60s, right? 
Mm-hmm. Or was that in the 70s? 70, uh, yeah. I want to say early, yeah, early 70. Um, but it's it's like why another one, it it, 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 it kind of makes sense. It, it does. I did not it, expect it, to get another weird. John Martin record. I thought that that one was, I thought that was John Martin for us. It, and it, that's the other thing is, is how, how different is this from that? Yeah. It has a bit more of this dub, you know, influence, but it, he was still doing that experimentation in that other album. It didn't, mm-hmm. didn't seem like such a stretch that, okay, here's, here's a new idea from this artist. Is he more of a household name overseas than he is here? He, he must be. Because I'd never heard of him, but now here, here we are, my second time talking about him. Yeah, <laughs> and as we've discussed, the the author uh, is British, um, and a lot of the the uh, lot of a lot of the selections it's skewed British. They love their Clapton. <laughs> they love. They their do. Is this Tim is this Yacht Rock? No, this is no, 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 no. This, this is jazz dub. <laughs> this is a, this is a hippie doing hippie things. If this and, came on. On a yacht, and you were on that yacht. Is it yacht rock? But you're on the wrong yacht. Well, it's not. It's not rock in any sense. I don't think. Yeah, get off. I mean, get off my fucking yacht, Kyle. Yeah. This is yacht like rock. this is you creeping up on your. I'm sneaking up like, into your yacht. I'm playing big muff. Full of sand acts. <laughs> and we're in flippy floppies. <laughs> you're a it's pirate. <laughs> We've got a Fairport Conventions rhythm section on this album. They just keep on popping up, those guys. Very good. I mean, I like players I like, on this. There's like, I like when they pop up. There's guys from Gong. There's Steve Winwood. I mean, there's yeah. good players on it. It's just, First side of this record, way better than the second side. Yeah. Second side I has really like, like small hours. Yeah, yeah. Small hours is, is the big ambient yeah. kind of. That's true. Master. It's one where you can actually hear the lake. Yeah. Like the, you yeah. hear like and the geese get, get yeah. some more geese in them cans. Yeah, man. That's some some crisp geese tone. <laughs> it was nice to hear those uh those analog geese as opposed to what we had with uh was it not Jean Michel Sean? <laughs> what uh, uh, Jar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jacques Jacques Cousteau. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, with his fake seagulls. It, it was nice to hear the actual uh, actual bird. Yeah, yeah. I w- I did also think um, this does does it does lend itself to the Joni Mitchell experimentation folk is trying to to stretch that that sort of folk music into these. Uh, into weird areas. I'd rather be listening to Jungle Line, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet certain surprise. Yeah. <laughs> that one's the closest to like almost Yacht Rock would be certain surprise, but it's only because it's easy listening samba like Bossa Nova. Oh, you mean certain surprise? Certain surprise. <laughs> Surfing some pies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just wrote down that I like I like some of the music, but I hate his vocal delivery with the fire of a thousand suns. Ah, that my favorite review of the vocals is uh them being described as a weary grinding of words in the throat's mill. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that I would appreciate this album more with like no vocals at all. Ha, Fagin though, what if Fagin got in there? Come on. 
<laughs> Wait, but this isn't Yacht Rock, Kyle. Megan. <laughs> Stop trying to make it Yacht Rock. <laughs> I'm sorry we're not getting another Steely Dan record. We're trying to put Fagan in other things. Guys. But yeah, I mean, if you think about the man who's making these noises, he's, I mean, he's drinking himself to death and trying not to, and then they're giving him opium to keep him from drinking himself to death, and he makes this album. Yeah, they're, they're just fill, giving him plenty of opium and pushing opium him out on a, on a lake. <laughs> Does that remind anyone else of the Moore Barn story? I, I can't really disassociate the two. Right. How can you? Yeah, le- <laughs> lakes and boats and music remind me of the barn. But story. unlike yeah. Moore Barn, the speaker is on the boat, <laughs> and yeah. you're recording from the shore, right? In Moore Barn, yes. you're using the. You're on the boat. The boat in the middle of the lake is your listening room. And the barn and the house are your stereo. (laughs) (laughs) The house is the left channel. The barn is the right channel. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Man, I want to do that so bad. Someone get a house on the lakes. We can do this. You need a barn. All right, what do we think? Who wants to go first? Non-essential. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I find this album really interesting. It's compelling. Uh, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. I have trouble getting past John Martin's vocal delivery as well. I'm not going to go negative on it because I think there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening here. I just don't really feel like listening to it very often or ever. So I'm going to hover around neutral. I think Kyle, I still think this is yacht rock. I, <laughs> I feel like if you guys were out on a boat tomorrow and I put this on at like eight o'clock in the morning, you guys would be like, all right, so it's pretty good. <laughs> um, but I, I'd have to say this is pretty non-essential. I did play it in my classroom. Um, and it's got good atmosphere. The vocals are are startling every time they come in. Um, but I feel bad for the guy. You know, he went out. He's having some problems in his marriage. Like two stars. So <laughs> neutral. Okay, John. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go neutral with it. I did not like it when I heard it playing from a stereo. Um, and then I sat in a big comfy leather chair with a beer and listen to it on headphones. And I liked it a little better. And I tried to listen in to like the interesting things that they were doing with the echoes, with the synths, with the keyboards, with the, like the dub overlays. And there's cool stuff there. Like, yeah, if you're into trip hop, there's things that you can pull, but why pull when you can just like, like exactly like tricky or or porter's head you, you can just like a fully fleshed version instead of listening to like well it's it's ground turkey it's kind of like pork it's not the same but it's better for you like no this is <laughs> this is this is the lighter version and it's not as good this is not better uh, for you guy 
Well, no, it's like it's like opium food. will keep you from drinking type of thing. It's better exactly, for you. Yeah, it's better for you. It's opium <laughs> will keep you from drinking. Yeah, it's like keep you from pooping. If, well, <laughs> if I, okay, I'll play this straight up. If you had some oh. nice like floral scented opium that you were smoking on or had blazing and you were out in an English countryside, this album might be nice. You know, but without that, without having additional things, you're not going to I'm not going to be into this album. So neutral for me. Wow. That was that was weird. Um, you never done I'm opium? Gonna, <laughs> 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 like where I'm laying on my side and someone's heating up a bowl and there's. Opium. Yeah. Like, you know, in the 1850s. No one. In San Francisco. <laughs> I don't think I don't think any I don't think any of us who have accidentally or intentionally done opium have actually gotten high off opium because you can't unless you do it correctly. So when you're hunting for Jack the Ripper, you know. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. When, when you're. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> anyway, no, there, there, like musically and uh, like, there's a lot of really cool layering stuff that's happening on this. I mean, there there are interesting things that going on, and I do appreciate that. Like, you know, it may have helped spawn uh, trip hop, I guess. But I, I it, it's a giant, I guess. Most of the shit I hear, and I'm I'm not going. Oh yeah, massive attack at all, or Portishead, like. It's just not dark enough for for what like I associate with trip hop at least. Man, fucking kick this in the gutter. I fuck this fuck this record. <laughs> fucking go negative. I hate it. I fucking hate it. It's garbage. Dog shit garbage. It's not garbage. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Be respectful, Rob. He's entitled. I do to kind of opinion. like the uh, like the like African high life inspire inspiration in uh, the song dancing that we're listening to right now. It is the single that's... off the album. Is it? Yep. Oh my I God. like that that influence. It sounds cool. Is this run around? Yeah. Yes. It is. Yes, this is Blues Travelers run around. <laughs> oh <God. It> absolutely <laughs> is. <laughs> I know whatever the waitress brings. That's why I liked it so much. It wasn't the high life inspiration. It's that my brain just hears run around. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, man, it's hard, hard to decide uh, because I kind of with Rob, like I don't think I'll ever go back and listen to this album, but at the same time, it has some merit. It's, I, I felt the same way about John Martin's other album. It was like, yeah, it's okay. It's fine. I mean, I really like Nick Drake, so it kind of presents a similar idea, but it just has some different echoplexy, interesting things. I do think his Tom Waits voice is just out of place. I think I mentioned that on the previous episode. Um, I, I, I really can't decide, which probably just means neutral. So gut reaction there. Uh, next time we will be talking about Talking Heads, Talking Heads 77. Woo! All right. Oh, oh. Yeah. Now the air is clear, mind. Even you're still here, and so the sudden surprise I give you my eyes. See.